Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. So how do we go about building the muscle without the negative aspects of putting on body fat, right? That's what everybody's big fear is. When we increase our caloric intake, the big fear is that we're going to, we're going to put on fat. We don't want to put on that extra body fat because it's a pain in the ass to take off and everything and everything like that. Right. I think it's very possible to put on muscle mass without putting on body fat. And personally, I have done this over the, like I said, I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years or whatever. I've been quite lean the whole time, but as I look back on photos and things like that, I'm definitely accumulating mass, right? I'm accumulating muscle mass on my body, which is a good thing. And a lot of the different clients I've had have been able to do that too. And I know a lot of you guys who work with Don, that's one big thing that you guys find is that a lot of you have had to increase your calories. And what ends up happening is you put on muscle mass and your weight changes your, or your weight doesn't really change. Right. But you, your body fat decreases considerably. You go through like a whole body composition change, which means you put on muscle, you took off fat, right. And your weight stayed pretty similar. So that's essentially what we're trying to do. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Today, I'm going to get more, a little more until we, you may be accumulating some weight, some increased weight here, but not, not from body fat, or at least as little from body fat as we can possibly make it. So that's the point of today's discussion is how do we go all in on a phase where it's, yeah, I'm going to go all in. I'm really going to work hard to build as much muscle as I can possibly build by eating more food, essentially. I think the idea of that, the dirty bulk where you just eat a shitload of food, you just eat whatever, and you don't really think about it too much. You're just trying to consume calories. It's an old school way of thinking. And it's not really what people want anymore, right? Nobody wants to do like the dirty bulk and just like gain weight, right? Like you're going to gain muscle, you're going to gain fat. It's all going to come on, but then you got to go through that miserable process of trying to take that body fat that you accumulated back off. And it's tricky, right? It's not always the, a fun process and it's not always an easy process. And that's why I think it's a little scary for people because you don't want to put on the fat mass and then have a really hard time taking it off. So I think that's where my approach might may differ from a lot of different coaches where some coaches are going to tell you, Hey, just let's get into a bulk phase, just food, eat more food. I'm not really too worried about it. You know what, where I like to do is, which we're going to get into to discussing here is I'll talk about the two buckets, right? There's two buckets that we're going to want to fill every day and we can fill them appropriately to achieve our goal. And I think that's, that's something that is going to make a big impact on you where, yeah, you're putting on the muscle mass, but we're not putting on a whole bunch of fat mass along with that. Right. I think during this whole thing, it's just about, again, just like anything, if this is something that you've been wanting to do, you want to build that extra muscle, you just gotta, it's not something where we can do big food day, no food day, big food day, no food day, and go back and forth in our mind about 
oh, what I want to build muscle. No, I don't. I want to stay super lean. I want to build muscle. No, I want to be super lean. I think that's like the biggest thing that we all struggle with myself included. I go through days where oh, I'm going to lift heavier. I'm going to eat more food, this and that. And then I do it for a week and I'm like, I don't know. And then we end up being on that seesaw or whatever. And, and we never really get a whole lot accomplished. But the big thing is I just think if I told you that you could definitely gain muscle mass and not put on a ton of body fat, I don't think I think for the majority of people, this is going to be something that's very beneficial for you. Um, because again, as we add the muscle mass, it just gets easier to burn off the body fat, right? So if we can get ourselves in that mindset where we are going to eat a little bit of extra food, we're going to put on the mass, right? With the intention of, yeah, I'm doing this for a time so that my body is more efficient. I can basically like, obviously you're going to end up looking better, you know, with the more muscle mass and the decreased fat mass and everything like that. But I think that's got to be kind of be the mindset, right? Is hey, like, we need the muscle. Like you can't just get skinny and have the body you want. I guarantee it. I guarantee you, everybody that's saying I need to lose 10 pounds. I'm telling you now, you don't need to lose 10 pounds. You need to look 10 pounds different. And it, there's a very big difference in that. People have lost 10 pounds before and looked no different ever. No, no one would ever know. And then there's people who have maintained their weight or maybe even gained three, four, five pounds and look like they've lost 20. And that's what we want. We want to walk out of the house and have somebody go, holy shit, what did you do? How much weight did you lose? And you say none, but guess what I did, right? Rather than starving yourself out for three months and just still having that that whatever body, right. With no muscle and no one notices any different, right. So you weigh 10 pounds less, but what's the use? You don't look any different. Right. So again, that's my reason. I think why this is the game plan for most of us, right. Unless you're like really muscled up and you're really at the point where you're like, yeah, like all I need to do is just shred it down. Then obviously that you're in a great spot, but I, I don't think the majority of us, that's where we're at this point in our, in this stage of the game, the theme of the day how much can you eat to promote muscle and not fat, right? How many calories can you eat to promote muscle and not fat, right? That's going to obviously be an important one for a lot of us, right? And then the next one is how your macros need to be, need to change when you're focusing more on muscle. So this one, I think is going to surprise you a little bit. It's not all about protein, right? I'm usually like the, the protein advocate of, hey, just when in doubt, always eat more protein. When we're going for, for mass building, not necessarily always true. We need adequate protein, but you guys might be a little bit surprised by the answer. And then we're going to talk about why a super nutrient-rich diet might not always be the best answer when you're trying to build the most muscle possible. And then, like I mentioned there at the beginning, we're going to talk about the whole two-bucket approach and how we can use that in eating to support your muscle building goals. So how much in general do we want to eat? All right. So from, I would say we don't want to go crazy over our TDE, right? So number one, we need to know what that TDE is. We need to know what that maintenance level of calories is for us. Okay. So if you're just, I, I can't say this enough times, like we have to be able to live in a maintenance state for at least a month or a couple of months. Like we got to learn and then we have to understand how many calories that is, right? So if you're not tracking, if you're just ballparking it or throwing out random guesses and like putting it into a food tracking app, but you're not actually weighing and measuring, it's not accurate, right? We need to know what is that maintenance level, right? So if that, say that maintenance level, you can live there about four to six to eight weeks kind of thing, and it's 2000 calories, then at that point, 
in order to go through a little bit of a muscle building phase, you're probably going to want to go into a 10 to 15% um, over the TDE, which is not a lot, right? So if you're talking 10% of 2000 calories, it's really only a few hundred calories that we need to start with, right? So I would start there and work your way up from the from there. So I would start that maintenance and I'll work my way up to 10, start there for a couple weeks, see what the results are showing. So obviously this is more mirror test measurements, things like that. I wouldn't really, when I'm doing this, I honestly would probably recommend staying off of the scale just because you don't want to psych yourself out, right? So you, we want to create the change and we want to have the least pushback possible. If we get the, get you up in that 10 to 15, 200 to 250, maybe 300 calories over and start there. And then we do we watch the response, right? And then we can slowly work our way up from there. So that would be what I would recommend just in terms of like how we want it, how much we want to eat in terms of our ability to build that muscle mass, but not go crazy high where now all of a sudden we're really overshooting our calories and yeah, we're building muscle, but we're also adding a decent amount of body fat on top of it. So Macros for muscle. Again, I think this one is the one that might surprise some people, right? Is that it's not all protein. So if we're really trying to build the most muscle possible, we got to consider a few different things. So protein is only going to help us up to a certain extent. The recommendations for our body's ability to utilize protein and really see basically how much we need before it becomes like before we're impairing our ability to continue building muscle is not crazy high, right? Like you can get away with 0.8 grams per pound. I don't really, really recommend going below one gram per pound. And honestly, probably don't need to go over like 1.2 to 1.3 grams per pound if we're trying to build the most amount of muscle. So if I'm someone who, you know, whatever, I'm at that one gram per pound marker, I'm at that 1.1, whatever you're eating enough protein at that point, right? You're giving, and especially if we focus on the timing of it all, right? So if you're making sure you're getting in a, a good solid four to five protein servings of 25 to 35, 40 grams, a serving five times a day or something, we're managing that muscle protein synthesis. And we don't really have to go a whole lot higher than that, right? And then you got to figure the thermic effect, right? So when we're really trying to increase muscle mass, we actually probably want to burn a few less calories and we probably want to absorb most of the calories that we're eating, right? So when we're doing things like protein, they've got that high thermic effect, which will bump up your metabolism, your caloric burn a little bit throughout the day. So again, we're just going all protein crazy high. I don't think it's the most advantageous really to like adding a good amount of muscle. So I think anywhere, once you get up around that one gram per pound mark for your protein, then you can really start to focus on carbs. And the reason being is that, well, carbs and fats, but I like carbs as like the number one ad, just because it, we want energy, right? So if we're going to try to put on more muscle mass, we got to lift more weight. We got to work a little harder in the gym, right? Like we've probably got to add a little bit of extra stress, especially if we've been going through the same routine for a long time. We've been lifting this like a similar weights and things like that, right? Then definitely carbs are going to be that performance enhancer that we're looking for, right? So if we can add more energy throughout our day and we can add more muscle fuel and basically like I have on here more insulin, right? So if we do have a little more carbs, we have a little bit more blood sugar, we have a little bit more insulin and insulin is like that storage hormone, right? So if we do have a little bit of a higher insulin, it will help 
our body like rebuild and repair itself and it, it will prevent that like breakdown right that so that's essentially why we want to get a little bit more carbohydrate in there right and then if we have the room for it we have the room for it at that point so we're going to want to be getting our body weight in in protein then if we've got we add our carbs right and rather than just always adding those carbs once we get to a certain point where we're feeling pretty like okay, I'm all good with my carbs. My energy is good. I don't, I like, I don't want to want to feel like I'm overstuffing myself. Then we can go to fats, right? We can start to add like some oils and some avocado and some nuts and seeds and stuff, because it's just going to be a little bit easier to mix it up. Right. Because at the end of the day, calories, number one, protein, number one, a, how we go between our carbs and fats, less important, right? It is less important. So again, we need, especially for the muscle building, we need the calories, we need the protein, right? We want the carbs for the energy, but at the same time, we can toggle between the carbs and fats a little bit to find kind of like that sweet spot where it's most comfortable for us to live within as well. So that's our macros for our muscle. So when nutrient density is not the play, all right, so we want to incorporate foods that digest fast and easy, right? Especially pre and post workout. All right, we want to be giving our body, we want to be giving our muscles the most amount of fuel possible, right? So that's not always brown rice and what avocados and these very fiber dense foods and super low calorie stuff. It's not broccoli and spinach and stuff like that, right? We're going to want to consume foods that are going to digest quickly. So they're going to be a little more based on simple carbs and just easy digesting proteins like eggs or egg whites or whey or plant-based protein, or maybe smaller portions of chicken or something like that. So that's where the nutrient density is not always the play, like especially around training times, right? Is we want to be able to get new, like nutrients, especially carbs and proteins and stuff. We want to be able to get that into the cells. Okay. So if I'm trying to get my carbs through a broccoli, as opposed to getting my carbs from a piece of toast, like a white bread or like a half a bagel or something like that, or even just some white rice, it's going to get into the system a lot quicker if we do it through the bread or through the white rice or through a little bit of orange juice or a little bit of Gatorade or something like that. And then obviously we get a nice quick digesting protein to go along with it. And we're in a good spot. Are those the most nutrient dense foods? No, they're not. But are they a nice provider of energy? Yeah, they are. So like I said, they're the simple carbs will digest faster and easier. And then the other thing too, is we want to be able to push it during our workout. So if we're trying to do all broccoli and things like that, we're not going to be getting the most energy to really hit those workouts a lot harder than we have been. And then the other thing is when we're talking about increasing calories, anybody who's who's working with me past or present, they can tell you right now, if you're following along with kind of the way I like to set things up, it's hard to get the amount of calories in per day that, that I'm usually asking people to eat because we're going for max nutrient quality, which means it's usually very low calorie. We can be eating pounds of vegetables and, and lean proteins a day and it doesn't add up to that many calories, right? So if we need to really increase our caloric intake, maybe it's not going to be most advantageous to do that by trying to add more spinach and broccoli and carrots and kale and you know, things like that. We're going to have to go a little on the easier side in terms of calories, right? So that's maybe where some olive oils or coconut oils come into play. Or like I said, maybe just incorporating like an extra Gatorade or something like that during your workout, because now you're getting more energy and it's just a very simple way to get those carbs up. Or we can just do some simple things like some crackers or whatever, right? But again, sometimes, I don't know if anybody ever saw that thing that came out about like Michael Phelps and his diet when he was eating like a seven or 10,000 calorie diet or something like that. And a lot of it was crap. It was like waffles and pizza and fried chicken and 
whatever. And it's because it was, it's literally impossible to do that with a whole food, super nutrient dense diet. So that kind of leads me on to, uh, on to the next thing, but calories are always going to be the king and we need to make sure the body's absorbing them. So that's another aspect too, is if we're on a super high fiber diet, we've got this, we're way high on protein. So now our thermic effect is way up. We're doing a ton of whole foods, which we know like science has shown that your body doesn't, won't digest all of the calories in raw whole foods, like plants and nuts and seeds and stuff like that, just because it's difficult for the body to break that stuff down. That's why generally I would recommend it if you're trying to like lose weight or something. But when you're on the opposite side, you might need to do it. Some of those simpler, easier, like more processed foods that are a little easier to digest because then it just makes it easier. And your body is actually like digesting and absorbing all of that food rather than maybe only digesting and absorbing 70 or 80% of the food. Right. So that, that can make a big difference if we're talking again, over time, right. We're always thinking about how this plays out over time. And then that kind of leads me to the last one here, which is my little two bucket method, right? What I always say, and especially when we're talking about weight gain, right. Is our muscle gain, especially is that we got two buckets. All right. We have our nutrition bucket. I'm always on the side of nutrition bucket gets filled first. I have my macros, I have my calories, but I also have my, my nutrient density, right? So my body needs all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the plant compounds, all these beneficial things that are going to make it run really well, have me feeling more energized, be better just for my overall like physical like markers of health. And they're going to help drive energy levels, improve sleep and digestion and things like that, right? So we want to have that nutrition bucket filled. Okay. But let's just say I'm trying to eat 2,500 calories and after 1500 calories, my nutrition bucket is filled and I'm feeling a little full. I'm like, man, like I did my veggies. I've been having a big salad today. I've been doing lean proteins. I like, I have a very nutrient dense diet. If you're logging this in chronometer, you'll be able to see that. And you're thinking to yourself like, shit, I still got a thousand calories that I need to try to incorporate today to really get myself into that muscle build area where I'm a 10, 15 percent over my TDEE. That's where we get a little bit of leeway, right? That's where some of these more processed, easier to eat foods come into play. And I always recommend starting with that nutrition bucket and let's fill that thing up every day. That's going to be most beneficial in our lives. But when we're trying to add calories, then we hit a point where, all right, here's that food that we like. Here's that food that's a little bit easier to eat. And now we start to fill that bucket a little bit too. We need to obviously find a balance there. And I think it should be lopsided on the side of our little nutrition bucket. Let's fill that thing every day. Let's have that be our number one goal. But then once that's filled and we got those extra calories that we need to put in, then we can branch out a little bit. We can have a little more fun. We can have a little more leeway. And to me, I think that's something that it also helps like not only does it help increase the calories, but it also helps increase like our enjoyment in our life, quality of life and our adherence to the diet as well. I wouldn't recommend making it just like total, like trash, a thousand calories worth of trash food every day. But um, if it's a few hundred calories, go have a snack, go have something you like, have a little bowl of ice cream, have a little bowl of, uh, have some crackers and hummus, have whatever, some avocado and some plantain chips. I don't, whatever. We try to make it somewhat still nutritious, but we do, we can understand that we do have a little bit of leeway for the time while we're doing this. And then again, if you do find things or maybe you do choose, I said ice cream, I put my own foot in my mouth. So let's just say you put, you do try the ice cream for a few days and you're like, eh, I don't like how that's making me feel digestively. 
I don't wake up feeling great in the morning. I do feel a little like bloated or it's not sitting real well, or maybe it's not benefiting the goal that you're after. Then definitely you got to be smart enough to change that up and then go with something that's still easier to eat, but a little more nutritious. So those are the things I think that's the, the extent of this. So basically like these are the four things that I think are really most important, right? Like we really need to figure out how much we could eat. Then we need to figure out where those macros fall into place. Calories, protein, always being the most important. And then we find a nice balance of carbs and fats that, that makes us feel most energized and most comfortable throughout our day. And then obviously, I think we always want to aim for that nutrient dense diet as priority number one. But one, if we do need to find some extra calories throughout the day, don't be afraid to get them from somewhere else, right? As long as we're given the body, if I've eaten 2000 calories a day worth of super high quality, really nutrient dense food, and I still have 500 calories left and I choose something not as good, that doesn't delete everything, those 2000 calories, all those health benefits, right? So just don't forget that. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information shared on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Additionally, the opinions and strategies discussed on this podcast are those of the guests and host and do not necessarily represent the views or endorsement of the podcast or its creators. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.